You already know that Illegal Pete's makes delicious, mission-style Mexican food. But did you know that Illegal Pete's uses its marketing funds to support Colorado creative talent that we love? We support the Denver Diatribe Podcast, the Grolix Comedy Showcase, Rocky Mountain Roller Girls, the Yellow Designs BMX Stunt Team, Apex Movement Parkour Team, the Underground Music Showcase, and more. We even have our own record label, The Greater Than Collective, with albums by The Epilogues, Snake Rattle Rattlesnake, Esme Patterson, Ian Cook, and comedian Ben Roy, and a starving artist program that feeds out-of-town bands traveling in Colorado for free. Illegal Pete's. We're more than just a restaurant. So, let us put our food... And music... And comedy... And sports... Inside you. Please. Please. Denver, Denver, I'm from Denver, 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 I'm from Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the legislatively gayest city between the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. Hooray! Josh, I don't know. What, what does that mean, Josh? You told me. Uh, it's a phrase that's been tossed around all week since the legislature went into action in Colorado, that we have the gayest legislature. All right. I think we have op- openly gay. The, the, the most openly gay. Okay. All right, cool. Hi, I'm Ron Doyle. Joining me today at Josh's bougie enclave in the hood are uh, Josh Johnson, appropriately. You're, you're home. Hi, Josh. Hello there. And and uh, a special guest today with us, uh, Robert Rutherford. Hi, Robert. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having Very me. Very excited. Uh, today, we are talking the state of the state of the podcast of the podcast we're gonna we're gonna talk about the state of the state a little bit we're gonna talk about some newsy bits and we're gonna talk about uh, some new podcasty developments here in denver and we're gonna keep it nice and short Cause, yeah because i i'm sorry for the shit show that was last episode <laughs> I'm a, I'm i take a, personal responsibility for that i i was just rambling all right <laughs> in co- semi-coherently as well so so uh so let let's let's crank through I've got some newsy bits here. So by the time this podcast comes out uh we'll know whether or not this is closer to true or not. Uh but I'm going to ask you gentlemen to make uh join in and make a prediction. Uh Nate Silver uh of the 538 blog, uh the gentleman who accurately predicted all 50 states uh in the presidential election, he has uh come out now and predicted that the Broncos will not win the Super Bowl this year. He says that is not going to happen. So uh, there, by the time this podcast comes out, they will have already played the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they are in Baltimore, right? This is how little I know about sports. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want you to just take a let's, – let's jump into the future. It'll be fun for everybody that's listening right now because they're going to go, hey, he was wrong. Do you think the Broncos are going to the Super Bowl and are they going to win? Um, I'm, I think they're going to go and lose. Okay. And, uh, cause I, and mostly I trust Nate Silver. He was a what a baseball statistician before he was. Yeah, that was his thing. He applied it to politics. So, I mean, how, how can he be wrong? How can Nate Silver be wrong about anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I don't uh, know anything about sports, but I trust math. And so I put my I put my trust in Nate Silver's prediction. Who he says it's just data. It's been here all along. Okay, well I'm I'm going to be the contrarian. 
and say that Nate Silver doesn't understand football stats as well mm. and, and that they are actually going to win because there's so little that's actually involved in the game of football. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, a crapshoot. It is. It, it's a crapshoot, and it and it's an emotional thing. It's a it's a war, and right now the Broncos have the upper hand emotionally and attitude. People are afraid of the Broncos right now because they nobody, no one in, in the entire country expected them to do as well as they're doing right now. So I think they have that momentum to make them win. Really, I have no idea. But that's what I'm going to say. So you're, you're saying that the emotions will supersede the the math, the data. Yes, yes. I'm. I'm. Uh, but you I'm, can't factor that in. I'm somehow. going for the James T. Kirk uh, prediction. Versus so this is like a. This is like a Spock. Prediction. Somebody who's doing I, higher math is trying to do arithmetic. <laughs> emotional arithmetic. <laughs> emotional. I think what you would have to do is incorporate some into that into the plus or minus. Yeah. You know. Yeah, right, so right. I mean, if it's if he did, if he's like plus or minus, they could be amped. You know, for for those of you listening right now uh, who know whether or not the Broncos even beat the Ravens, um, yeah, let us feel free to tweet us and and say ha ha, neener neener, uh, regardless of whatever we're predicting here. All right, uh, King Supers, we've talked about this before uh, a couple times on the podcast. How downtown Denver is a a food wasteland. Uh, that it has a problem, it's very lacking in grocery stores. Well, uh, King's Supers has just announced that they are going to be opening a grocery store in the Riverfront Park neighborhood at 20th and Chestnut uh, in the next couple of years. It's going to be a smaller uh, store compared to what they normally doing. They're they're experimenting with this thing called the Fresh Fair. Uh, have you seen the one down on, on Hamden? I've been. I've You've been. been. Yeah. Have you been? How yeah. how is it? Is it cool? It's just as pretentious as you'd want it to be. Yeah. All yeah. right. Sweet. So so it's it's very Whole Foodsy. It looks like a Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. That it's King Supers has realized. Wait, we can we can do a smaller store with higher prices. We can we can have less real estate, and 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 charge more, and people will like it even better than the current store. So that's that's what they're trying. They're they're working on doing a smaller store downtown. It's going to take a couple of years. It's going to be a while. But uh, I thought that was pretty exciting. I, so really, that's, that's just me making an announcement. Hey, everybody. King Supers is coming to downtown. But I wanted to ask both of you, um, what's, what's your King Supers, and does it have a special name in your neighborhood? Um, well, where I live, down over here in Cole, we have what we call the Down and Out. The Down and Out. Yeah, it's, a, it's on Downing. It's, I think it's called the Downing Super. Yeah, we call it the down and out. The down and out. Yeah, it's really down and out. It is. <laughs> is it? Yeah, surprisingly, they've like in the last year revamped. Apparently, I hear this from people in the neighborhood, revamped their produce, so the produce is actually fresh now. But the produce all used to be wrapped in cell in cellophane. Oh, they had to keep it wrapped. Yeah, like on, meat, oh. on meat trays. On uh, on meat trays. <laughs> Styrofoam meat trays. Right. There's no misters with fake rain showers at the down and out. Interesting. What? Which Which King Supers is yours? Well, I live close to Inglewood, and so I, the King Supers that's nearest me is in Inglewood, so that means that I don't go to King Supers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so you're down south, so you don't. Yeah, I'm in Overland Park, and, and the yeah. and the uh, the King Supers down there doesn't have a special name. My mine is King Jupers. I live in southeast. And, oh, and, oh and, naturally. And uh, the Jews are down there. It it has it's a little Jerusalem. It, well, no, well, it's it's a the the neighborhood is is very Jewish and Muslim and African and all sorts of crazy stuff, but uh, and Russian, but the, this particular King Supers, um, 
I, I had it actually. I, I didn't know it was called this until I had some Jewish friends, some Russian Jewish friends say, oh, yeah, you're talking about the King Jupers. Right. Uh, there's a huge... I mean, huge kosher section in this grocery store. Uh, so that's why they call it the King Jupers. Mm. And, you know, and then there's the the Queen Supers on Spear, uh, which is... That's not... No, the one on... The no. Queen no. Supers is in Capitol Hill. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Ninth and yeah. Corona. Yeah. Ninth and Corona. Because that and used Corona. to be my King Supers. The, you, yeah. So Queen Supers used to Queen be Queen Supers, yeah. It would be really fun. It'd be a fun project to go around and uh, figure out if they have Identify nicknames them. for all of them. Yeah. I bet they do. There's the I don't Unsafe think, Way. Yeah, the Unsafe Way is great. That's where Where's I actually, that? It's twenty second and Park. Yeah, or what? It's, <laughs> yes, there's that, a weird intersection. Yes, there. it would be. Yeah. And that's the one I really. I mean, I go to Down and Out for quick and quick stuff, but I go to the Unsafeway for my like bulk. Interesting. Which and really, that's a legacy name because it's not what it used to be. No, it's not. Just because it's, it's mainly pe- white people with dogs now. That one actually know. looks like a Whole Foods Safeway. Yeah. I mean, they have a, your whole like imported cheese section. Oh. And the King Supers in Inglewood that's near me, I, I think it would have a special name, but the people who live in Inglewood don't have sort of the mental facilities to come up right. with punny names for grocery <laughs> stores. So I think it's just called the well, King Supers. Of course, or, of course they don't. They they name all of their streets the same thing. Yeah. They'll pick one name for a street and they'll give it 14 different. There's Plaza, Court. Right. There's street. there's Whispering Willow Court and Whispering Willow Circle and Whispering Willow Drive. And they all connect to one another, so you can be on the corner of Whispering Willow. And, Whispering and there's Willow. no w- willow to be found. And there's no willow on anywhere, any anything. Them. No, but there's there's almost whispering or screaming. There's almost always a Home Depot, though. It's how the meth so. dealers, <laughs> the meth manufacturers, keep the DEA on their toes. Yeah. Oh. Which Whispering Willow are they talking about? <laughs> court Plaza. <laughs> court. No. This won't hold up in court. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, anyway, that that uh, King Supers that's coming to downtown is still a couple years away. But something that's coming sooner, the West Corridor uh, of Fast Tracks is only 100 days away. Uh, it, Where does that what is It's going to go to Golden. It's going to Golden. Oh, wow. It, they ran this past, uh, last week. They ran the very first test of the trains. Uh, it made it all the way, which is exciting. And they're now... A modern marvel. <laughs> modern marvel. The train uh, is now 100 days away from opening. Uh, so I'm really, I'm pretty excited about it. And they've broken ground on the Eastern Corridor, too. They're building out that way, out towards DIA. So that's, that's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you imagine? You now, know, I, 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 I feel like... No, go on. No. I've been making a lot of trips out to DIA, right? And yes. I've noticed, I've like tried to look for progress, and you see progress. There's like railroad ties in the tracks stored on the right. They built the bridges over um, Pena. Yep. It, it looks... It's not... I mean, it's not going to be done for another two years. It's just like another example that the Chinese are winning. Like, why don't they... You know, people need work. Do it 24 hours a day. Get it done. Why is it? You're, they're already this far along, it looks like. I hey. mean, I don't know shit about that stuff, but it seems like you could get it done a, a lot quicker. And and you could sell it then, and you could be like, come to the downtown. Hold your con- convention here, because everybody complains about the airport. How far away the yeah, airport it's is. It's like, start making money now. Get it done in two years, not four. And in two years, you can start making more money. Not, not to mention that it would probably be less expensive in the long run if they got it done faster. Right, because if the oil they just cranked are, it through because yeah. oil prices, well, the price of everything, they're gonna going to be done like when peak oil is entirely broke. It's, it would two <laughs> right. years from now when we're paying when, seven dollars a gallon. When uh, the airport is entirely an obsolete thing that we don't use anymore because planes can't fly. Right. That we're out of oil. 
that's that's pretty fun. I I'm wondering what's going to happen to Golden if Golden's going to grow or if Golden's going to change because it's going to have a train going to it. Because Golden's kind of a weird place. It's, it it's only place. has like ten thousand people. It's it's very Republican, but it's also you know it's got Coors and it's right there at the cusp of the mountains. It's a it's an interesting town. I'm always I'm sort of very curious about golden yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the train just so i can go visit golden more often because i want to know more about it yeah. i don't i don't i don't understand the concept of golden at all <laughs> uh, it's it's the place that i stop along the way to somewhere else like i'm going rock climbing there or i'm going to a show at red rocks or i'm going to the mountains but yeah. i don't actually stop in golden maybe you, you can yeah. summer in golden I, su- summer in golden <laughs> fantastic that would be fun um Here's here's a really interesting stat that I was not expecting to see. Boulder, according to careerbliss.com, uh, has been ranked the unhappiest place to work in America. <laughs> That's the unhappiest place to work in America. It, does this sound right? I, I'm, I'm wondering. The, you know, immediately, of course... Boulderites came out and said, no, that's not true. It's fine. But no, according to what they uh, employ... There's my phone. Hey. Do, you, do you want to get that? Hey, no, yeah. I'm not going to yeah, get it. Yeah, go ahead and take that. Yeah. No, I'm not going to take it. That's why it's the unhappiest place in America is because they've always got their phones on. Uh, they were asked to evaluate on a five-point scale factors that affect work, workplace happiness, uh, relationship with their boss, coworkers, work environment, job resources, compensation, growth opportunities, company culture, company reputation, daily tasks, and control over the work they do. And Boulder scored a 3.45 just below Reno, Nevada. Ouch. Here's my... Where uh, Boulder folks were the most displeased with growth opportunities, uh, which scored a 2.81, and compensation, which scored a 3.29. Here's my theory. I think that uh, Boulder folks are so goddamn optimistic that, that they're just disappointed. So they're complainers. When they took this survey, they complained more. People in Detroit are like, didn't, don't expect it to be great. Whereas Boulder <laughs> kind of right. like with their optimism expects it to be amazing. Like you're working at Google or something. Right? So they just complained more. And so their responses were like, you know. Do you think it's that? Or do you think it's that the particular type of people that fear, filled out this form were all the, all the, like marketing staff at every tech startup in Boulder <laughs> that, that ha- they see the writing on the wall that their company is either going out of business or they have nowhere to go up and they're not getting paid shit to do what they're doing because Maybe. their boss keeps telling them, well, I'll, I'll pay you in stock. <laughs> It'll be cool. Don't in worry. Beers, brah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have tricycles in the office. Yeah. It's cool. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, or it could be a you know a little bit of cognitive dissonance that it's the you know they maybe they were only asking people in the service industry in Boulder who are Get treated shit like on. shit yeah. by all of these marketing executives That's and a good point. tech startups. There is a biomedical huge there firm. is a huge service industry in Boulder in general. Yeah, just, yeah. just massive. So maybe it's those folks that are the, they're all the ones that are probably on careerbliss.com anyway, looking for jobs. That's right. So, yeah, so they're all going in and they're like, oh, these, uh, no, working. Yeah. You want what in your yogurt? Oh, God, uh, we don't, no, we don't stir the yogurt. It's just toppings on top. Just go. Get out of here. Yeah. Being a busser at the the med. 
I can't make you a skinny latte with half and half. <laughs> it's just not right. possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sorry. We don't have gluten free seitan. <laughs> that that doesn't exist, sir. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, the governor's state of the state happened last week. Uh, the governor. Um, he he got lots of applause. He's such a popular guy. It's about, so with crazy with to watch. some, you know, the environmentalists aren't very happy with him. Yeah, they're not pleased. But in in general, you know, if you look at the way the legislature that's watching him, uh, the way they react to him, they're very happy with him. Even the yeah. Republicans, everybody, he does a pretty good job of making people pleased. Yes, uh, yes. He did. Did either of you hear the major flub in his speech? I didn't. <laughs> At the very end of his speech, he was uh, he was ending with this reference to uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, who who told this story about when he was a child watching crews light the street lamps, uh, and that it was really interesting because you know that you're starting out in this time where there were no street lights at all and it's pitch black, and then they would turn the light on and it would just sort of punch this hole through the darkness. So he was using that as this That's fun... Some great imagery, Ron. I know, right? <laughs> it's not mine. It's Robert Louis Stevenson's. <laughs> I can't take credit. Uh, but he, uh, the governor used this as a metaphor, and he, he said, we can all be lamplighters. Working together, we can punch holes in some pretty big... We... Oh, Jesus. That's what he said. <laughs> oh, really? He, he flubbed it. He screwed up his speech and, and then said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and everybody just laughed and, and like clapped and cheered. And, and then he got through it. Working together, we can punch some pretty big holes in the darkness. And they, they loved him for it. What? For his mixed screw up? For his total botch. Would, do you think other governors could get away with this? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, you think so? I think people like when, the, as long as you, I mean, you have to have a base level of faith in this person to begin with, but a screw up only makes you more personable. Right. You, know? you think? Yeah, they're going to like you more. It's charming. Uh, I don't know. I think he planted it. Well, in something like that, it was an, <laughs> it was an innocuous statement, right? Like if, if, yes. had he, if, if the yes. gaffe was was on a more heated subject. Right, we're going to punch you know, but holes he, he was like, oh, Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, we're going to punch <laughs> holes through the blacks. Yeah. <laughs> that would not have gone over well. You don't, so, no, you don't, you don't think the, the religious right was going, Oh, he used the Lord's name in vain. I can't <laughs> believe it. You don't, you, I think most of the religious, the evangelicals, uh, evangelicals are kind of like over that, that use of Jesus, I think. They don't, they don't care. Yeah, don't it's know. not a big deal. Because it can be like an ex, Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, I want to. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think the evangelicals recognize that now all right, all right. that you can use. They're Jesus. like, well, <laughs> well, we could complain about them saying Jesus, uh, right. but they're going to say fuck if we don't. Right. Yeah, it's it's choosing the lesser of two evils. That's right. A, that's a good spreading the message. It. Spreading the message. Mm -hmm. All right, get well, his well, name out there. Well, yeah, exactly there was, right. There was no such there, thing as bad publicity. Right. <laughs> there, there was a one Republican legislator that said, "I really like that part where he mentioned Jesus." Uh, I'm yeah, glad that he right. got Jesus into this. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe they just weren't paying attention, and and then uh, someone heard him say, "Oh, Jesus." And they, they got excited. They had probably tuned out by that point anyway. I was going to talk more about the state of the state, but really I, I think uh, it's short enough. It's available online. If you're a responsible citizen, go listen to the original. You don't need to listen to us clowns uh, going over what he said. Uh, it, was, it was the typical stuff. We're doing great. He says the economy's back. Uh, he says we need to uh, increase our gun control. 
and then he dropped a, a mention of beer, which he always does. Yeah. Because he's the beer guy. Housing in Denver 2013, that's what it's going to be. Housing in Denver. I think that's yeah, the focus. Yeah, building. There's going to be a building. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for the Newsy Bits. Listeners, if you ever want to share a news story with us, rant about something we said, or shower us with gifts of RTD Eco Passes and Oh Jesus t-shirts, please leave a comment on DenverDiatribe.com, leave us, like us on Facebook, or drop a line at 720-282-YELL. This week's episode is brought to you by Illegal Pete's. We're going to take a little break, but when we return, Robert Rutherford is going to narrate the unabridged version of Moby Dick in a Finnish accent. Did you know you were going to do that? I'm ready. Okay. Or or we'll talk about the narr- narrator's podcast. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. back to the Denver Diatribe. That was Second Take by The Amends from their album, What We Could Be. Uh, you can listen to and purchase that uh, music at theamendsmusic.com. You want to say anything about them, Josh? They're, they're, they're a great band they're out good of guys, Boulder. Right? Yeah. I they're, like them. They're a straightforward rock band. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All right. So, uh, Robert, we, we have brought you here. Uh, so the, the governor last week did his State of the State. Uh, and I sort of I was in this mood to to do what I'm going to call the state of the podcast or the podcast of the podcast. I want to talk about podcasting in Denver, but specifically I want to talk about one podcast that uh, that you and Andrew Orvidal have <laughs> you've dug it out of its zombie grave. And you've brought it back. It's it's back and it's already like thriving and doing great. Well, okay, maybe not the podcast, but the show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, since we're just now announcing the podcast is back, <laughs> yeah. maybe the podcast this is the best great. it's going to be for you guys. <laughs> Two views, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two downloads. So yeah, the narrators. Tell, let, let's let's talk about the narrators. Uh, let's talk about the narrators. Uh, the narrators is um, a monthly storytelling show that is co-hosted by myself and Andrew Orvidal, who is a local comedian, and we do it at the Deer Pile. Uh, above City O City on the third Thursday of every month, and uh, every month it's a different theme, and we invite, invite people from the community to share true stories based on that changing monthly theme. Yeah, and this is something that Andrew started yep. uh, in 2011, 10. Uh, 2010. Yep. Okay, he started in 2010, way back, way back uh, at Paris on the Platte is. Uh, you you've been involved pretty early, since very early on, right? As a, as a storyteller, as yes. a storyteller, and then me. you did a guest, yeah, like you did some guest hosting for him mm-hmm. very early on. But the podcast itself never really 
he was he kept doing the the show but didn't really do the podcast and then everything sort of fizzled out died he got busy with the Grolix and and all that stuff and then how did how did you guys decide to bring it back well when the show was at Paris and Andrew was hosting it by himself uh, I mean, he was just doing all of the work himself, and it was right. really a labor of love. And the podcast was uh, – he first got connected with the people who do the Risk podcast, uh, which is another storytelling podcast. And they would do some basic production work, or they would come in and record it, essentially. Okay. And then Andrew yes. would do all of the editing, et cetera, et cetera. And I think between putting the show on the live show and – having to juggle putting together the podcast and I guess not having a great outlet with which to get deliver it online. It, it, I, I guess for him, he just felt like it was, and I'm speaking for him directly. Now. Well, you should, you're allowed to because he's in, he's in, he's, he's in, in Nebraska. Nebraska. Yep. He, he's, he's, uh, he's outperforming. So, so yep. now you can, you can actually talk in his voice. Uh, I, w- I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrew Orbidal. That's not, that's not right. It's fairly close. <laughs> it's, it's not, that's not it's, bad. He says it's, 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 it would be more nasally. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I think that it just got to be more work. And as the show at Paris sort of came to a close, he just did not want to put the work in anymore. Yeah. I think he felt that there, it, it just wasn't a return. That he sure. wasn't getting a return on that time and can totally can totally relate to that. Yeah. So that's that's that is I would say that's more the norm for creative projects yeah. than than creative projects going on forever and continuing and yeah and doing things. Usually, most folks start something and then you know it runs its course and it's done. So why did you yeah. bring it back? Well, we brought it back because when is we that, was that you? Did you come back? Were you just sort it, of like it hey, was? It hey, wasn't hey, just Andrew, me, Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> I got this really really dirty story I got to tell, and everyone has to hear it. And, and I need my employers, I need, I need my a, ex-employers. I need a crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't just me. So when he brought me on as co-host and we moved the show to the deer pile, it was just something that sort of kept coming up. And, and I asked him if he wanted to continue doing it. And he said no. And given my schedule and life at the time, I just thought, well, okay, that's fair enough. Maybe we can revisit it. And then when we just sort of shelved it. But as... We put the show on the first couple months. We just kept getting people asking us nonstop. Right. Um, so we so decided the, the show, to the show started. The live show started back up this summer, right? This yeah, and it was it was it's funny because there was no true hiatus between the between leaving uh, Paris Wine Bar and and rebooting it at the at Deer Pile. We just moved it to a different night, and we had a month to sort of reformat it. Which yeah. really just meant uh, bringing me on and figuring out how that was going to work. Okay, and then and so then you had lots of people asking you, "Where's the podcast? Where's the podcast?" Exactly. So tell me, how do you how did, how did, how does that work? Because because we don't really have people asking us, <laughs> "Hey, where's the podcast?" Where's... <laughs> we we put it out, we we churn it out dutifully every week, and uh, you know people know we're doing it and people listen and that sort of thing. But we don't have people going. Where is it? Where's what if podcast? we didn't? Do, what if we just stopped? And didn't announce that we were going to oh, stop. Oh, that's a, that's and a good then, point. And, and we, we just oh, hey. Yeah. You guys um, really want us. Well, and maybe I should qualify it. It's really just my sisters. 
that have been asking where the podcast oh. is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Should I have said that at the outset? It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just your sisters. That it's, are it's just my, it's just yeah. my two sisters that are going to listen to the podcast. Oh, okay. But they're going to be well, really excited about this news. Really no, we've, we've, been, we've been having people ask. Yeah, nice. so uh, at, the, at the same time that you guys were trying to decide whether or not you wanted to bring back the podcast, we at Denver Diatribe had been toying around with this idea of starting a podcast network and doing production for other podcasts. And there are, there are a lot of podcasts here in town uh, that are going on that a lot of people don't know about or they need production help. So we were like, mm, maybe we could help people out. Right at the moment as we're contemplating this, we get an email from Andrew saying, hey, can you help us? Uh, we want to get involved. So, yeah, now we're involved. We, we are now going every month. We're recording and we got you, we've got a you guys have a fancy schnazzy little new website set up yeah we should say the name of the website so that people that are hearing this can can go check it out it's, oh that's silly that's yeah silly. okay that's well, let's not google it <laughs> jesus <laughs> you'll find it no it's at the yeah the narratorspodcast.com yes yeah and we're and 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 it's been great having you guys help us out <laughs> <laughs> so uh i i want to talk i, I want to talk a little bit about do you think uh, you you had people asking you about podcasting. We we do a podcast. Uh, ben Roy and Andy Jewett are finally getting off the ground their podcast, uh, the Voiceless Podcast, where they're going to be interviewing uh, homeless folks here in town, uh, doing their stories, which is going to be really fascinating. Uh, and then there, you know, there's these things matter. There's the too much fun. Uh, too much fun cast. It's too much fun cast. Too, too much fun cast. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you just take too much fun and you have too much funstival. Too much fun cast. Uh, there, there, are, there are quite a few podcasts in town. We're reaching this critical mass. Do you think podcasts are finally coming into their own as a medium in this town or just in general? I mean, do you find yourself? Well, I guess I should back up and ask: Do you actually listen to podcasts, Robert? I do, I do. Yes, uh, no, you, know, you can say no. You no, have to, you do or I you do. have. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no. I, I would say both. I mean, I, I just don't have a lot of time right now to do so. But All right, yeah, but, you're doing but, your thing. Yeah, um, I'm just busy. But I think that once my life sort of normalizes and uh-huh. I'm out of school, I will, I will resume regular podcast listening. It's kind of like if you have a subscription to the New Yorker, you may not be able to read every New Yorker. You can't read but it. But it doesn't week. mean you don't like the New Yorker. Right. And, and, yeah, right. Yeah. and you can still flaunt that fact and pull it out at every dinner right. conversation. The New Yorker? Yeah, yeah. I, I subscribe to the New Yorker. <laughs> I used to, when I was single, I would roll one up and put it in my back pocket when I was at the bar by myself. Ah, <laughs> really? I thought it made me look interesting. That's pretty that's pretty fantastic. That's yeah. a, that's a good idea. That's better than a puppy. It is. Yeah, it's me. It's a better than better than Atlantic Monthly or Harper's cuz then it's like almost unapproachable. <laughs> Mostly Harper's. <laughs> anyway, that's a side. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I now Josh, do you think do you think podcast podcasting is actually coming around? Um, <clears throat> it maybe in De- in Denver. I mean, I think that there's there's a certain uh profile of people that like podcasts yeah they've they've been listening for a while um but i'm always surprised by the number of people that are like don't know yeah i mean like what's all right what do i do you know with that i mean as a medium it's only it's only been around since like 2004 the word was was invented in like 2004 and and has only been in the public eye really since 2005 when itunes added it to uh to the software 
and people started subscribing to it. And very early on, it was all just syndicated radio stuff. But now, I mean, if you look at the list, it, I do feel like podcasting is growing. And I also feel really more specifically that radio is sort of fizzling out and starting to fail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Starting, it's a very, it's that. I mean, the radio thing is is a very complicated thing, and I'm I'm not necessarily comfortable drawing a correlation between the two. No, but you're I, not. But I you, think that. So 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 you don't think it has the same sort of like newspaper print newspapers are dying because web content is available. You don't think it's a, it's not a one to one exchange. I think like radio that. is having problems because the general general any business model based on ad revenue is having trouble. Okay. You know, but yeah. I, and I and I think that as 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 a result of that, you have the centralized music and all that. But I think there are definitely WXPN, you know, in Philadelphia does a great job, and there's listeners online. I listen online, you know. But how they make their money, I think, is is becoming a problem in a different way than newspapers. I think because um, there's there's not as much of a of a cloud sourcing of of curated music. Yeah, right. As right, there right, is right. with writing with you know what i mean or receiving news so um because that's the thing is you can never get rid of the curation aspect of, of 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 a dj and and radio stations and their understanding of their programming and the ones that do it really well still do it really well and i and i think you look at like cpr um here in denver and they're doing fine and of course they oh, open air open air yeah open air yeah right. yeah, yeah. 1340 yeah and and they have i mean they have the benefit of being under the umbrella of cpr you know but um i think there is that style that's of radio that's still doing okay and we actually have a very vibrant radio culture here in denver we yeah, do we i mean we do. have yeah, we true. have kuvo and we have the three stations that cpr uh manages we have radio 1190 we have kgnu like we like we've got a a pretty yeah. Vibrant, in, I mean, in co- addition, com- commercial in a, radio in addition sucks to, and is dying. In a t- yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was going to say, in addition to Denver, also has all the like big mid-market stations that you would expect for. A yeah. side, they do, a and I think size. that they're struggling because they required more money. And again, yeah. what I'm saying is, is that the radio stations having budget problems is not necessarily a sign of not having listeners. It's a sign in the failure of of advertising as your primary revenue model. Like the Economist says that for for magazines, that this is the year two thousand. They predicted two thousand thirteen is going to be the year when subscription um, monies, yes, becomes like their their main source of income over advertising. So it's so that shows a, a shift in like a growth in subscriptions, but a, a decrease in 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 uh, ad revenue because ad- advertising is kind of like. Almost doesn't so you work. Think, so, you, so you think radio in model. general is live radio is shifting to XM? Uh, these subscription I don't know about I don't know that. if XM's doing well either. I think they, people they are streaming it on their devices. Much. You know? Yeah. That's so you don't you don't radio. you don't think that the uh, the little auxiliary jack in new cars that lets you plug in your iPod or your iPhone that's not killing off radio? I kind of yeah, do. but they're plugging it in and they're listening to. I listen to honestly, not to keep saying it, XPN in in, in Philadelphia. I, I listen to them. That's my radio station, you know. And then I listen to open air. So yes, I do plug it in. But when I plug it in, I'm often bringing up different. I mean, it's wonderful to like pull up like New Orleans community radio. Yeah, here. being able to stream. I mean, and yeah, because 
get, you know, there's KEXP in Seattle. There's there, the I current in Minnesota. Can, there's yeah. WFMU in New Jersey. Yes. Uh, the, the, I think, and people from all over the country are drawn. Uh, there's uh, KRCW in Los Angeles. The morning becomes eclectic. There are plenty, and people from all over the country, all over the world, are listening to those radio stations. And they're also um, like they're usually like associated with a university or something, you know, because and it, and it and it gives it a more open feel to it. I think commercial radio is what the problem is. It's the radio stations that are operating on lower budgets, you know, that have more agility, um, that are, and they and they understand their audience. They understand the niche they're serving, and they understand themselves as curators, not as um, promoters and marketers. And I think that the this synergy of, of record labels and radio is what killed commercial radio. Okay. Because people don't buy it anymore. It's like you shove this down their throat, so I buy the album and go to the show. I don't, I don't know how I digress to that. I'm sorry. It's well, We're talking gonna... about the state of the podcast. <laughs> well, right. Let's talk I, well, about the state well, of the radio. How do podcasts fit into that, I guess, is yeah. that it's, it's the radio stations that we're describing that do well have a lot in common with podcasts and that it's people own the airwaves. When you have your show, you're a part of it. You're curating this. And what we do is we don't have the broadcast ability in the same way. Right, right, But essentially, since we're all streaming, we're on equal playing field. You know, it's whether you come to our site and press play or you go to a a broadcast terrestrial radio station site and press play. Makes no difference. Well, and there's there's an analogy here. I I think that you can sort of look at it that, you know, if uh, you have your commercial radio stations, which would be like uh, the Denver Post, and then you have your uh, Radio 1190 and your KGNU, which would be m- more like your more like your alt-weeklies, but, right. uh, but right. like that's just an analogy. And then you have the podcasts in Denver, which are more like... Zines. The, yeah, they, they kind of are. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, right, yeah, newsletters of, by the militia, or, right. you know, like, or zines, you know, or like the podcasts really are, they're very hyper-local, they're very... Uh, generally, they're focused. You know, an audience can find them. You know, whether or not you're a pop culture nerd or a, or somebody who's into comedy. You know, like you can just go find very specific things to sort of yeah. And that's just, and really they were just saying that um, five years ago about newspapers. This is when I was still with Vanessa at a newspaper. Is that the future of newspapers Vanessa, is in serving yeah, yeah. serving a very um, small population, and that can be by like interests. Um, political beliefs, religious beliefs, geographical location, that that's something that the big people can't do. That the CNNs and the USA Today is, is they can't go into a little area and and exist. But I think that, that we, we can. I mean, I think that's what we're doing with this podcast. And- yeah, I think that's what we're doing with this podcast, too. I also, you know, to go back to the narrators, I think that's, that is one of the most compelling things about what, what you guys do. Not only are just the stories that that get told are right. super fascinating. They are. Uh, and if you listen to Corey Cachado's uh, story about his his annual tradition of watching 30 zombie movies uh, in a row, uh, 30 zombie movies a day, and then watching them with his, his daughter, and one of them turning out to be softcore porn. <laughs> uh, oh, it's one of... Uh, and the theme of that month was the horror. The horror, yeah. right? The horror of watching horror. software porn with your daughter. With your daughter yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that uh, that sort of story is just super compelling to anybody. They don't have to be specific to Denver, but if you do live in here in Denver, getting to hear those stories from people that are around you is so compelling. It's super interesting. 
uh, and it's it's kind of a it's a it's a cool little niche group of people that are that are good storytellers here in town. Um, uh, so yeah, I. It's, I have, no, no, yeah, well, go I'm on. Sorry. No, I feel Josh. Very, like, you, yeah, you've had coffee and beer. You're <laughs> rocking it. <laughs> it's working out for me. <laughs> yeah. So I my first introduction to the style of of, of evenings that you guys do is um, Moth Radio which was an early podcast and it started in New York and, and it's, and it's still around, still it's still doing around and still doing its thing. And, um, I, I, I've heard from people, the criticism that when moth started out, it was just people came in kind of not necessarily off the street, but they're everyday people telling stories. And then as it's gone on, it's become, because it's become more popular, it's become a pla- like a platform for, you know, People that already have experience speaking before the public to, to do it. And that's kind of something that was lost. Your approach to the narrators, is it something that you imagine as open? Or, or I mean, because I think that you, the people that you're drawing are more notables from the Denver area. Or, or at least is more, that a discussion close, you've more, ever careful, had, I guess? more carefully curated uh, right, by right. you and Andrew. Yeah. Right. Which is ironic because, you know, you're, you're a museum guy. So using the word curated, is that, <laughs> is that something that you're consciously doing? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's something that we're very cognizant of, and and I think that um, I think that we that what we want to do is sort of maybe exist somewhere in between those two things, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think that so far Andrew and I have drawn a lot from the people we know in the community, which are musicians, comedians, writers, etc. So. But I think that our our interest for sure, and, and we've already found some of these people just from the community who have expressed an interest and have come in and have been amazing storytellers, and we want them back. So I think we're cognizant of our role as curators, and we don't want it to just be an open mic. Because right. I and think I'm not that, suggesting that at all. Yeah, no, but and well, it's interesting because I think that for a while it, it it's kind of hard to sort of draw that line if you have somebody who expresses an interest in and and says they have a story to tell part of what's cool about about this event is seeing all of these different stories and it's not just notables it's it's it is just people regular people in the community um but where was I going with that? So my point is that <laughs> <laughs> like we're cognizant of 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 our role as curators you you want to keep it open you want to be open-minded to other people, but you also want to put on a good show. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly it. But we don't want to be like, we don't want to just have skilled orators mm-hmm. tell stories because there's plenty more out there. And I think that in, in that regard, I'm finding that, that what I'm drawn to more as a, as a co-host, especially the more that I do it is more of an approach that's, uh, um, that's closer to the story core show yeah right than it is, than it is the, the moth entirely you know? open yeah version. yeah uh, but but the, but but there is an element of curation in what they do in that like they have they're lucky enough to get a huge volume of stories in that they can draw from and curate and edit down into compelling stories that they play on the radio which you know? which is uh, you know that's it's, it is worth mentioning for those folks listening who knew the narrator's podcast in its first iteration uh, we should we should mention that the the new podcast that is returned is not like the old podcast. It's not just the entire show uh, with with all the audio as it is. It's not every single story, good and bad. You guys are picking uh, just a couple stories uh, each month. You're gonna you, 
you're shooting for maybe a, cu- a couple podcasts a month, mm-hmm. yep. and and it's only going to be the favorite stories from that particular theme. Yeah, so which is great because it's 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 now one of the shortest podcasts in town, which is great for me because yeah, I've I've been really busy too, and I've noticed some of my favorite podcasts keep getting longer and longer. Yeah, like this one. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yesterday again, I it's not yesterday. That last episode, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, the next time I host, I'll do a better job. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the uh, it, they're getting longer and longer. So it's going to be nice to have one that's nice, short, sweet, really interesting stories. And you're not necessarily taking out the stories that were bad because they might have all been good for that month, but you're just keeping it where it's tight and focused. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. The, so the structure moving forward is that we're hoping to do a podcast every two weeks, and each podcast will just be two stories. So each podcast will range somewhere between 10 and 25 minutes. And we, and we wanted to do that because we wanted it to just be something that somebody could listen to on their way to work and get two stories in completely and not have to walk away from it or abandon the rest of it. That the, and, and, and so we're, so we're picking about, about half of the stories every month. Right. And, right, right, and right. again, not the, not the best ones. I mean, and part of that is that we want people to come see the live show. The live show is, is fantastic. The live and, show and is so, really a lot of fun. So we want the podcast as, as just great curated stories that encourage people to come see the live show. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, if, if folks are interested in contributing a story, and they they think they have a great story to tell. Um, how do they, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can visit the narratorspodcast dot com. Okay, uh, that's probably the best way because that has links to our Facebook page um, and and our email address. But our email address, if somebody wants to get in touch with us directly, is the narrators three thousand all one word at gmail dot com. Okay, <laughs> great. And and then if somebody wants to go see again, uh, go go check out the renewed narrators podcast on the website. But also, I and mean, you can look for it on iTunes or Facebook. Or but you really should go see the live show because it it's fun. The Deer Pile is a really interesting venue. By the for for those of you who've never been there, it's it's above City O City, but you don't go into City O City to yeah, find it. It's like a I've seen I've seen people trying to get mm-hmm. to the Deer Pile by going into the City O City bathroom. Because <laughs> they think it's a stare. Fuck, we gotta stairwell. get somebody to work on that because that would actually be great. Like, yeah, you have to go into the bathroom, third stall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you will be magically transported into the uh, room with the deer humping on. Yeah, the, wall. the, the third, the third, <laughs> the third stall is actually mm-hmm. an elevator. It's a yeah. lift that takes you up to the second floor. Yeah, but yes, it's it's, it's super cheap beer. And... Super cheap. Yeah, the the yeah, it's a it's a free event, and it's the Deer Pile is a community space. Um, and they they do beer by donation, and uh, and it's nice and intimate, and um, it's not like a bar, and uh, we've really enjoyed being there. Cool. Uh, yeah, and make sure you show up early because uh, it's been getting pretty full. It has been filling up. Yes, the show starts at eight p.m. on the third Thursday of every month, and it's wise to show up at seven thirty if you want a seat, an actual wooden seat that you can sit on that has a back and not the floor. And the, the next theme is adults only adults on January only. 17th. January 17th, yes. And then in February, we are having a special um, event where we are uh, 
collaborating with Greater Than Collective. In, okay. Uh, they are putting out a record on Record Store Day uh, that is going to include some stories about record stores and concerts. And so our theme for February is going to be uh, record store stories and concert stories. And we've got some great storytellers lined up for that month. Interesting. All right. Awesome. Nice. Let's let's move on to uh, to love and hate. Uh, Josh, you got any love and hate for us? Um, yeah, and I'm not sure if this is a love or a hate, but it's mostly a confusion. <laughs> so that's love. Crime Stoppers, which <laughs> I guess is more familiar, others are more familiar with, which is a Denver Police Department thing. Um, is it Crime Stoppers? Is is that a is it a, is it a police thing or yeah, is it well, a community it's got, thing? So they came and they put this on every house in my neighborhood. They put this uh, flyer that has the Denver Police emblem on it, Robert C. White, Chief of Police, yada, yada. Um, But there were these, they call it a series of robberies, and they're doing a $2,000 reward for any information leading to it. It's just, clearly more robberies happen than this. And these were two staged houses, essentially. So you know what a staged house is? It's when you want to sell a house and you put in furniture and all this, so it looks, you can sell a full house, you can't sell an empty house. And, I mean, granted, it's any loss is a loss, but at, at the same time, it's the, the amount of money that went into this is clearly shows like preferential treatment for real estate or something. You know, I mean, these houses, this wasn't someone's couch that was stolen. It was just staged couch. So, I, I mean, <laughs> right, it, right, right, it's right. either I get more of these. Yeah. And yeah, it's not even players. I mean, it's this doesn't happen a block for me. Right. So, I mean, this happens like a mile or so away. And and they blanketed my neighborhood. So either I get more of these, or I don't get this. You know, it's I don't like that. Yeah. Well, if I had well, my house point? robbed into, or anybody in this neighborhood had their house robbed into, I don't think there would be this kind of effort going into it. And it confuses me. I don't know if the realtors are paying for this and they're using. Have you looked? Because I, I would almost guess that that is a that you can pay <clears throat> the city for to that do this? for that service. I, I would be willing to bet that they slap the Denver Police Department logo on there, and it's not actually from the Denver PD. Well, you I don't call, think it is. You call crimes? Yeah, maybe. Crime, well, yeah, I don't know. Is crime? I can see. Here. Is that somebody's it's name? It's approved. L- yeah, listeners, it is. Robert you... C. White, Chief of Police, has his emblem on the top left of this, and you look for the top left of anything <laughs> to know what the fuck it is. <laughs> I mean, we learned that in middle school. You know, Josh Johnson, Room Two Hundred Two, Mister Stevenson. <laughs> it's an identifier of where this okay. comes from, right, in the top left. And if it's – I mean, then then in that case, then it really pisses me off because it's presenting itself as the city of Denver. We spend more time on that than needs be. But, uh, yeah. So so <laughs> bizarre. So bizarre. Yeah, listeners, if you know, is Crime Stoppers a Denver police – is it a city organization or is it a community thing? Because I don't really know. I, I it's it's I don't know. I'll look into it. Maybe is it, is it like to... is it like neighborhood crime watch or is it something different? Is it No, I think it's I mean I think it's it's a, it's a hotline that I want to know it. who's gi- I mean the, the realtors are probably giving out the $2000 the, the reward. My, the reward, right, you know, but it says Denver Police Department is asking contact detective Philip Stanford. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's, you know, it's legit. Yeah, so yeah. it's I mean there's robberies that happen all the time. And, I got I got an old And couch. they don't go and put out but but real estate people have really taken a hit and and i think that our communities <laughs> need to come together yeah 
and because rally they lost around their stage couches. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's tragic. That's it really is. horrible. <laughs> it is. It that is. stage furniture is generally in brand new condition. Next, it's, it's going to be that like it. like some sort of Goldilocks thing where the stage house is someone was sleeping in my bed. Yeah, right. And they're going to p- pass it around. If you know who was sleeping in our bed, in our because it's squatters. Sure. St- in staged house. I can't think of a better place to squat. No kidding. In a <clears throat> staged house? It's perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. Other than maybe in Ikea. I used to hours. sleep in vacant apartments. I was homeless for like six months. Just crawling through windows. There you go. It's great. It's great. <laughs> awesome. It was. <laughs> Robert, you got a love or hate for us? Oh, I... I uh... <laughs> no, I love everything. Everything's great right now. It's a new year. You lying bastard. <laughs> he loves musicals. That's what yeah, you love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was going to love on Sound of Music, right? I think so. He was going to preemptively <laughs> love. <laughs> He's watching yeah. Sound of Music for the first time tonight. Yeah. Under he, duress. Under, under <laughs> duress. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna throw out a little hate. Uh, the Denver Post has... Uh, in the last six months, they have changed their newspaper delivery policy where if you now get it, it used to be you don't get your newspaper in the morning, your print newspaper doesn't land on your doorstep. You call them up, they deliver another paper. Makes sense, right? Sure. They have now changed their delivery policy that if they fail to deliver your paper, they'll let you have the electronic copy. And I think that's complete garbage bullshit. I, I can get the electronic copy anyway, Denver Post. And the only reason why you get the newspaper is for holding the newspaper and physically having it in your hands, the experience of it. It's really just a nostalgia thing. And the electronic version is completely useless. It is not an acceptable substitute. Not to mention, doesn't this entirely allow all the delivery folks to just ignore their responsibilities could a delivery person could just not deliver any of the papers and they get away with it yeah until they lose their job i mean they're gonna get a bunch how of are they gonna i mean yeah, they'll I mean, get I more guess and more in complaint i guess it, yeah. it was it you was need a, to put out a crime stoppers i, I suspect someone <laughs> stole one of your, <laughs> one of your okay so what i'm doing Jewish right neighbors. now lis- you, listeners you're hearing this first i'm putting i'm gonna blanket my entire neighborhood with flyers have you seen this newspaper have you seen this newspaper a reward of 25 cents Mm-mm. Uh, no a reward of access to the post <laughs> online <laughs> okay yeah no it was especially insulting because this happened we, we just get weekend delivery this happened on one weekend the immediate following weekend you the delivery two? guy no he sent the newspaper along with his little uh christmas uh bonus oh, yeah. envelope yeah Sorry, buddy. No bonus. bonus for you. All right. All right. Well, that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you'd like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL. That's 720-282-9355. Our theme music is by TJ Miller from his extended play EP, and our web hosting is provided by bluechannel.com. For more information about Denver Diatribe or any of our guests, please check out our website, denverdiatribe.com, or search for Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. I'm Ron Doyle. On behalf of my co-host, Josh Johnson, and Robert Rutherford, thanks for listening. Haven't you heard the birds afterwards? Denver, high average income, roll like big spenders, affordable housing, good money lenders, low obesity, no need for suspenders. Check your calendar. Denver, Denver, Denver.